Before my father died, he said the worst thing about growing old was that other men stopped seeing you as dangerous. I've always remembered that, how being dangerous was sacred, a badge of honor. You live your life by a code, an ethos. Every man does. It's your shoreline. It's what guides you home. And trust me, you're always trying to get home. Your father was a reader. Churchill, of course, but also Faulkner and books about Tecumseh. He loved artists who painted people with bodies that looked like poxes. I'd give him hell about that. He'd just say, you gotta look harder. Look harder, your father would say. I always knew he wasn't just talking about those boxy abstract paintings. There's threats everywhere, and the world is draped in camouflage. Sandy Kane You folks even knew his name But a hero Yes was he Left the boy Came back a man Still many Just don't understand About the reasons We are Can't forget the look in his eyes Or the tears he cried As he said these words to me All gave some Some gave all Some stood through for the red, white, and blue Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from a movie called Act of Valor, which was actually acted by uh, former Navy SEALs. And uh, if you remember the movie, it said the following uh, film is all based on actual acts of valor. And uh, that guy is uh, reading a letter to his uh that he left for his uh for his son in in the event that he died and i like it about the you know hey you know what uh look harder not just at the boxes look harder at everything the world is the world is filled with dangers and everything is everything is draped in camouflage for many people in this country they don't see they don't see what i see they don't see what you see I listened to a podcast on uh, on a thing called uh, that somebody sent me. One of my neighbors sent me called I think it's called the Warrior Poet, and he's talking about how hey, you know what? This is not the time for for civil war. It's not the time for physical physical uh, war. It's a time for for uh, a war of ideas, and it's time to stop being quiet. 
it's time. And of course, I've been saying this for 13 years. We have to talk. We have to talk. You know, in the, in the process of talking, common sense. He says you're probably gonna you're probably gonna lose family and you're probably gonna lose friends. But you can no longer but you can no longer worry about that because the world has got the wrong ideas right now, and the social media and the mainstream media are pushing that, and it's time for us all to start talking. And uh, I've been doing my thing for 13 years. This is a uh, show number two, year 14, and every year I say, hey. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, talk about politics and religion. Talk about politics and religion. I think uh, America is become godless. And I think it's a sad thing for our kids. It's a sad thing for us. And if, if more, if, if people would let God into their lives, they would have a little bit more character. You know, character is a, an all the time thing. It's not a sometime thing. It's like what uh, Vince Lombardi said. Hey, winning is an all the time thing. It's not a sometime thing. You don't you don't win when you know you don't win here and there. You win all the time. It's a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. And you are who you are. And if you're a good person, you need to talk about it. If you believe in God, you need to talk about it. And, you know, hey, some of my friends might not want to talk about that. Well, too bad. Because if you don't talk, they're not being trained. I had talked to a, a, a borrower um, this week. But I said, I said, $130,000 in student loans. What's your daughter doing? She goes, well, that's just the half of it. Her father co-signed for the other $130,000. So $260,000. And what did she get? She's getting a business degree uh, with with uh, some other licensing thing, uh, 260,000, you should be a neurosurgeon. And all they're doing is sending kids to college and they teach them how to be Democrats. And they teach them about the, the, uh, the pains and the, and the, and the, the illusion that free market capitalism works when that is a lie. That song was uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Some gave all. And I'm thinking as 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 we watch the end of uh, Trump's uh, the end of Trump's first term, not because he was voted out of office, but because the Democrats were allowed, assisted by the mainstream media and assisted by social media, and and uh, assisted by COVID nineteen. They were able to steal this election. You know, people were protesting in, in 2017 when Trump was was uh, inaugurated. I was there. I saw it. But they weren't they weren't protesting because they thought he stole the election. They just thought Hillary was entitled to it. But Trump had something different and he appealed to people and and they voted for him. Well, more people than more people than voted for him in 16 voted for him in 20. And there's no way. Mr. Magoo got elected. And I think about that song, some all gave some, some gave all. They're talking about military guys. I'm thinking about presidents. I think I see the history of presidents and some, some uh, all gave some, some gave all. You know, I see, I, you know, I, 
watching specifically Reagan and and uh, and Bush and and Bush and Clinton, you know, all gave some. I think Trump gave all. Trump gave up his his billions. He gave up his his excellent life, and he gave us more commitment against more uh, resistance than any president ever. And I guess he gave. And, and I guess that's just not enough. People, you know, the the Democrats want to kill him. They want to destroy him personally, and where that's kind of an unwritten thing. Hey, you don't go after a president after after he's out of office. Democrats don't have any character. They don't have any code. They don't have any, they don't have any, you know, they just don't have any God in them. And it's sad. It's sad. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about what's gone on over the last week. It's only been a couple of, only been a couple of little minor things, but they were pretty major for those minor things. And, uh, and it's, and it's gotten as ugly as I've ever seen it. And I'm hoping that God has a plan. I mean, I know God has a plan. And sometimes it's hard for us to understand, but I hope it, I hope he reveals our plan soon so we all have some have some peace. It's frustrating to see the people out there that have peace that think this is a good thing and they don't have a clue. Anyway, before I go any further, let me introduce myself. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman and with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo, fill in all the information you want me to have, put what information you want back. And you'll hear from me or one of my talented teammates. And along the road, you will talk to me and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, follow me on Twitter, but until I get banned, uh, at Ed Hoffman, follow me on, well, you can't follow me on Parlor anymore, which we'll talk about here. But when it, it when it goes back up, it's uh, at Big Ed Hoffman. There's another one that I just signed up for this week called uh, Clout Hub. I'm at Big, Big Ed Hoffman there. Um, I hear there's some other ones. I'll sign up for all of them and see which ones take off. I'm happy to say uh, that uh, Twitter and Facebook lost $51 billion in value as people dumped their stock this week um, after they after the, what they did, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. But follow me on whatever you can find me on. Otherwise, just listen to, just listen to it and get in. Uh, if you want anything to replay, edhoffman.net. You can get the uh, the podcast there. Go to the podcast page. You'll hear this show as well. Several past shows. You can also get uh, the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can uh, subscribe for free and have it download to your uh, device anytime you want. So it'll actually automatically once a week we'll upload and it downloads. So anyway, um, if you want to leave me a comment on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. Um, so anyway, let's get into this because. Uh, I rambled for a little bit there. So in perhaps the biggest act of hypocrisy we've seen over the past four years, the titans of big tech joined forces to ban, ban the president from social media and strip his followers of the only free speech platform they had left. It started last weekend when Amazon announced it would kick Parler off its web, web services platform. Uh, actually, I think it started the day before when Apple took the app 
off their app store. So, but they alleged violent content and an accusation that Parler played a role in organizing the Capitol Hill riot. Almost immediately, Democrats started to put pressure on Apple and Google to do the same. Of course, Apple and Google obliged. So within 24 hours, the fastest growing app was wiped off the internet. According to the CEO, John Matz, Parler now has no revenues and may never recover. We're going to try our best, you know, to get back online as quickly as possible. But we're having a lot of trouble because every vendor we talk to, you know, says they won't work with us. Because if Apple doesn't approve and Google doesn't approve, you know, they won't. They claim that we somehow were responsible for the, the you know, what they call the insurrection on the 6th, which, you know, we, we've never allowed violence. You know, we've never allowed any of this stuff on our platform. Um, and, and we don't even have a way to coordinate an event on our platform. So they somehow want to make us responsible. And this seems to me uh, like an excuse to just basically eliminate free speech at a convenient time. You would think that they could do a GoFundMe and I and or maybe get with uh, Elon Musk and his Starlink Starlink uh, network, which is up. From what I understand, it's just the high speed part of it's not there yet. But uh, you would think that Elon Musk would uh, would step in and help out and uh, and and uh, host the parlor service or servers there, or maybe we we get some big investors that that buy all the equipment or uh, loan it to Parler or something. Parler is now suing Amazon, alleging that they violated the antitrust law and applied a politically motivated double standard to Parler, in contrast to its treatment of mainstream platforms like Twitter. So some of you might remember over the years, all the different uh, cell cell phone, uh, uh, cell, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? The cell phone servicers. We used to have, we used to have, uh, uh, Sirius or Serial or uh, something like that. We had Verizon and AT&T and uh, PacBell and Pacific PacTel. And we had, uh, and we had all these things and they slowly merged and merged and merged in all these different, all these different companies. And when they got to, every time AT&T got too big, the, uh, the federal trade commission or the FCC would, uh, would come in and say, Hey, you're getting too big. We need to break you up because you're you're in charge of too much of the of the communication in this country and it's a danger to the country because if they decide to cut it off we're all cut off as opposed to you know and, and I think about it Amazon hey you know Amazon's putting all these people out of business all these retail stores well I don't think you I don't think you should uh, punish a company for being too successful but I think when it comes to communication there's got to be some sort of fairness and while Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, and Google and YouTube and all these, all these services that people communicate with have gotten so big, somebody was asleep at the wheel and didn't realize that they were doing the same thing. Well, you know, they're not AT&T. We have to, we have to think about this. I've got, I get, I have people that call to pre-qualify for houses and I say, what do you do? And I go, what does that mean? One guy manages YouTubers, and I go, what does that mean? Well, have you ever heard of uh, Mr. Beast? No. Nope. He goes, do you have any younger people in your office? Yeah. I call a couple of them in. Hey, you guys know who Mr. Beast is? Yeah, I know Mr. Beast. He does all this crazy stuff, and he named me a bunch of, bunch of things. I'd never heard of that. You know, you got a whole industry of people managing YouTubers. 
Um, so there's a lot of, lot of new stuff that's coming in, new technology. I'm 59. I'm too old, apparently too old to, uh, to know all this stuff because I actually work all the, all day. And, you know, so there's a lot of new stuff that's coming in. Somebody that's in charge of that stuff needs to pay attention because this thing is, is gotten so big at some point, And I think Google owns YouTube and Facebook owns, uh, does Facebook own? No, you, Google does. Google owns YouTube and somebody owns uh, Facebook is Instagram. And Twitter is what else? I know, but there's all these, all these different, all these different platforms are all controlled by one company. Or, you know, there's two or three companies that control this stuff. And Amazon is hosting all these servers. And you know what? I'm I have admiration for Jeff Bezos and what he did. And he came up with an idea and and just kept adding to it and adding to it. Hey, good for him. But you know, now he's now his his computer network for his thing, he's all he's selling space on his network for some of these platforms, and then he can just pull that. I think I think that's a problem. You may remember the fair independent journalist Glenn Greenwald for his past reports on WikiLeaks and Hillary Clinton's emails. He says there's a serious irony on here because so far no one who participated in the violence on January 6th claims to have found out about it from Parler. Of the first 13 people arrested by the FBI in connection with the event at the Capitol, a total of zero were active users of Parler. The overwhelming amount of planning for that event, the overwhelming amount of advocacy for people to go there and to breach the Capitol was done on Facebook and on YouTube and on Twitter. So why are they not turning off Facebook and YouTube and Twitter? Oh, because... Facebook probably has their own servers and YouTube is owned by, uh, by Google and Google's a far left uh, supporter and Twitter. They probably have their own servers as well by now. Uh, he also points out that the real reason Democrats put pressure on Google and Apple to kick parlor off the web, as opposed to Facebook or YouTube or both, both of which were used to promote the event. He says, just follow the money. You had Democratic politicians like AOC and others demanding that Google and Apple kick Parler off using their power as officials in the party that's about to assume control of the government. And they, they, they then obeyed. But why weren't these Democratic officials demanding that Google and Apple kick Facebook and YouTube off of their platform since they played a much bigger role because they donate and pour huge amounts of money into the Democratic Party and are their allies. And that's what is so menacing here, not just the censorship from Silicon Valley but the partnership they're in with the party that's about to take over the, the Congress and the White House. Not to be left out of the fun, Twitter made uh, the next move, which was uh, to permanently ban Donald Trump's accounts. His at real Donald Trump account, which has, what, 80 million followers or more than that, maybe over 100 million followers. They, they just deleted it. And at Team Trump campaign accounts, permanently suspended. And, and the at POTUS, P-O-T-U-S, President of the United States account, is suspended until it becomes Joe Biden's next week. All of, the, all of Trump's at POTUS tweets from January have been removed. You know what? It's, it just seems this is a little bit of a, what I'd call discrimination. And, you know, you got to say, hey, what's fair? And I, and I don't know if I've, I've probably told this story on the, uh, on the air before um in the past but i'll tell you uh i had a i had a a discrimination kind of uh encounter with uh, general motors acceptance corporation before before they became la bank 
Ally Bank. Ally Bank. So uh, my wife and I, I bought a uh, bought a, a Cadillac XLRV, which is the supercharged convertible hardtop convertible Cadillac Roadster. It's a hundred thousand dollar car. We bought it in two thousand eight on a thirty month lease. At the end of the 30-month lease, which was mid-2010, and typically when you lease a car, they say, hey, you make these payments for this many months. You can only go this many miles. It's got to be in this kind of condition. And at the end of it, your residual is 56000 bucks. So it's always based, hey, they, they assume that during that time you have it, it's going to depreciate. And they give you a number, which is the number that you can buy the car from. In the, in the past, typically, because we've done this on several cars, the residual is still less than what it's worth. So even if you don't want the car, you buy it at the residual and then sell it because there's still equity in the car. In this particular case, the XLR residual was 56,000, but in mid 2010, there wasn't, there was not a market for hundred thousand dollar cars uh, or even hundred thousand dollar cars depreciated down to 56,000 because people were losing their houses. So the, the blue book value was only 42,000. So I called up uh, the, my friend at the, uh, at the dealer and I said, Hey, I'm under the miles. It's got brand new tires on it. We've treated it perfectly. You guys have serviced it every time. I, I said, you said my, my, uh, my residual is more than it's worth. I'll bring it in. I'll turn it in. I have no obligation after that. And then you guys are going to go back and safety check and do all that stuff. You're going to put it back on your lot. I'll wait in the lobby. When it goes back on the lot, I'll come in and buy it for $42,000. He goes, oh, we're not allowed to do that. What do you mean you're not allowed to? We can't sell it to you. And I'm saying, because you're the leasee. And I'm saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. What you're telling me is anybody in the whole country that has good credit or the cash to buy that car can go in and buy that, except for me. And that's a... And that is a, uh, uh, that's not discrimination. Oh, no, it's not discrimination. So I'm talking to GMAC somewhere across the country. And I said, well, I think that's discrimination because, I, you know, everybody else can do it except for me. And that's how you treat GMAC customers that actually pay their bills. And I said, I'll tell you what, this was on a Friday. I said, I do a radio show every, every week and I record it on Thursdays. That was back when I recorded on Thursdays. I'll give you till next Wednesday to have this worked out. Because if that's how the, how GMAC is, I'm going to let, if, if we don't get this worked out, I'm going to tell, I'm going to talk on my radio about how General Motors Acceptance Corporation treats their customers that pay their bills on time. Because I see how GMAC people is treating their customers that have mortgages that don't make their payments. They're cutting the, they're cutting the, the debt and letting them sell for the houses for less than what they owed. And then they sell it to their relatives and they get the house right back anyway. So you just let me know. Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning, I get a call from some lady in Kansas City, Missouri. And she says, Mr. Hoffman, this is such and such from Kansas City. We just want to thank you for being a good GMAC customer. And I've already talked to Mike over at Dutton Motors. And we're going to go ahead and sell you that car for $42,000, what the blue book value is. I've already talked to him. You just go in there and take care of it. And we just thank you for being a good customer. And you know what? And Mike calls me up, calls me up from Dutton and says, you just made GMAC history. If we pay attention, you'll see stuff that isn't right. Reminds me of a scene from a movie called Other People's Money. 17 lawyers on retainer, and you managed to work it out so that in a free market, a so-called free country, I can't buy 
some stock everybody else in the world can buy. Congratulations. You're destroying the capitalist system. You know what happens when capitalism gets messed up? The communists come back. They come out of the bushes. Don't kid yourself. They're waiting in there. But maybe that's not so bad. Because you know what happens when the commies take over? The first thing they do is shoot all the lawyers. Yeah, maybe that's not too bad. Pay attention, folks. This stuff that's going on is big, big, big. And if you don't see the signs, you're not going to see what's coming when they take away the rest of your freedoms. Anyway, I'm all, all out of time for this half of the main event, so stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and I'll be right back, and we'll continue with everything that happened this week. All gave some. Some gave all. Some stood through for the red, white, and blue, and some had to fall. And if you back to the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio because it's kind of boring if you're really not interested in doing it right now. But some of you guys might still be in the market and not even realize it. So if you if you want to find out, I had one guy call has like about a gazillion properties, uh, most of them free and clear. And we had a long talk and talk. we talked a little politics and talked a lot of real estate. And I said, you know what? If you want my opinion, I'd do one loan on one of your properties and pay them all off. And he goes, well, I don't call experts and then try to tell them what to do. If that's what you think the best thing to do is, let's do it. And, you know, and so uh, I will uh, give you some, I'll give you some, uh, some advice. And I will tell you if you're, if it doesn't make sense for you, if you call about financing and especially uh, I know a lot of people are talking about that, that wonderful thing called reverse mortgage. If you're 62 or over, if you haven't, if you haven't checked it out, Call me, 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo. So in the first half, we were talking about how the how the uh, the social media is, is cutting off all the communication for President Trump and how dangerous that is and the discrimination of it. President Trump gave his first remarks about these developments on Thursday. I also want to say a few words about the unprecedented assault on free speech we have seen in recent days. These are tense and difficult times. The efforts to censor, cancel, and blacklist our fellow citizens are wrong, and they are dangerous. What is needed now is for us to listen to one another, not to silence one another. Yeah, let me give you a little history lesson and put things in perspective for you. For those of you that don't remember your uh, your eighth grade uh, U.S. history class, you know, uh, our country became a country in 1776 with the Declaration of Independence. And um, nine years later, nine, or 11 years later, um, the Constitution was written. And then 1787. And two years after that, they came out with the first 10 amendments and we know them as the bill of rights and the bill of rights, the first amendment, the first amendment on the first 10 things. And I, and I think about it like a deed of trust and a note on a, 
on a house. When you uh, when you get a mortgage on your house, you get a deed of trust. That's the part that memorializes that you have a lien on your house. You can't sell it without paying off that paying off that that mortgage. And it'll say, hey, uh, we have a lien. The lien belongs to Bank of America or Summit Funding or whoever, and it's for this much of amount. And then there's a separate document called a note that spells out, hey, it's a fixed rate. It's at it's at uh, uh, 3% and it's the payments are this and they're due on this date and they start here and it's all paid off at this time. And then the rest of it's about what happens if you don't make your payments. So I think of the the constitution is the basic, the basic uh, contract for our country and the bill of rights starts spelling out the details. And uh, so the first amendment, is the freedom of speech, the freedom of the press, the freedom of religion. Also includes the right to peaceably assemble and the right to, to petition the petition the government to read for the redress of, of grievances. Everything we saw this week, if we don't have freedom of speech, when we cut off the president's ability to communicate, when we cut off anybody else's com- uh, ability to communicate, well, you can still go out on a street corner and and yell out whatever you want other than fire in a movie theater or a church or something. But I mean, but the country has evolved. The world has evolved. The communication, the communication uh, uh, methods have, have evolved. And when we don't recognize that social media is part of that, and the mainstream media is part of that. And the mainstream media has has decided what we get to know and what we don't get to know. And and we silence the the uh, the voices of people that are that are have a different opinion than those who own them. You know, there's a big difference. There's a big difference in the outlook of people that have tons of money than the people that don't have any money. And there's and one thing I've noticed, the people that have a lot of money that got them like Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg didn't, didn't work hard to, to become a billionaire. He had an idea and he was smart enough to execute that idea and created a platform. And who knew it was going to get this big and he became a gazillionaire. Okay. I don't look at that as, as someone who, who worked and, and bought and took risk and took risk and did this like Trump did. I don't look at it the way I did it, the way I did. I worked my ass off and I invested a little bit of time and I bought some properties and I did this and did that. I don't see that as the same. I don't see the same as, hey, if, you can, uh, if you've got a great jump shot and you can shoot a ball, hey, you were given some God-given talent, but... You know, to make billions of dollars on that, you just don't have the same perspective as the people, you know, the most of the millionaires in this country are people that worked and saved and worked and lived below their means and worked and worked and worked. You know, millionaires, millionaires, there's a lot more millionaires than you realize. And if you read the book, The Millionaire Next Door, it's guys that immigrants that came in from from other countries and opened up a 7-Eleven and they worked and all their employees are their family and they work around the clock and they drive old cars and they do all this stuff and it just starts gaining. That's how America was built. But the people who have the voice are the people who, who came up with an idea and it exploded on them. And I see Steve Jobs a little bit different than I see Zuckerberg because Steve Jobs had an idea and he pushed it and he pushed and he pushed his people to create, create these, these uh, products based on ideas he had what they called his uh alternative reality 
space or something where he thought things could happen and everyone thought he was crazy, but he pushed and pushed and they developed all this stuff. I see that a little bit different because he actually worked for it and overcame challenges and all that stuff. The only people that get to talk are the, are the gazillionaires, the pretty people that get paid for having a pretty face and going on TV, the pretty people, the guys that are athletes, you know what? I'm five foot eight. I don't have any chance of being a, of being a basketball star. Not because not whether I practice or not has to do with, I'm a, a foot shorter than most, of the, than most of the shorter guys in the, uh, and that's nobody, that's nobody's fault. But Twitter CEO, Jack Dorsey says, this is what had had to happen because Twitter cares so much about your safety. He tweets out, I do not celebrate the, or feel pride in our having to ban at real Donald Trump from Twitter or how we got here. After a clear warning, we take this action. We made a decision what the best information we had based on the threats to physical safety, both on and off Twitter. Was this correct? I believe this was the right decision for Twitter. We face an extraordinary, untenable circumstances, forcing us to focus all our actions on public safety, offline harm, as a result of online speech is demonstrably real and what drives our policy and enforcement above all. I have to call bull on that. Because they're not using those same rules across the board. Let's talk about the safety. Let's talk about who still has an active Twitter account. Double murder, OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson can do it. Oh, wait, he was acquitted. We all know he, he, he murdered his ex-wife and uh, Ron Goldman. Um, white nationalist, Richard Spencer. Anti-Semite Louis Farrakhan, Venezuelan dictator Nicolas Maduro, and Iranian Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khomeini. You know what? He's out there tweeting death to America. Twitter also continues to allow hashtags like hashtag Trump must die, hashtag kill all cops, hashtag kill Trump. How is this, how, how is this consistent with what Twitter says they had to make this decision? This is all politics. Who actually cares about the safety about who condemns what happened on January 6th? Well, I think President Trump does. I want to be very clear. I unequivocally condemn the violence that we saw last week. Violence and vandalism have absolutely no place in our country and no place in our movement. Making America great again has always been about defending the rule of law. No true supporter of mine could ever endorse political violence. No true supporter of mine could ever disrespect law enforcement or our great American flag. You know what? Uh, I, uh, I saw somebody sent me an article that had a video from a guy named John Sullivan, who uh, goes by Jaden X on, uh, on uh, social media. And he has a, his organization is called Insurgents USA. And somebody sent me, sent me the, the story for something else. And, but it had a, had a link where, where this Jaden X went into the Capitol with everybody and, and he documented it. It was about a half hour video and most people won't watch the whole thing, but I did. I'm thinking, Hey, there's probably tidbits here. And as I watch people go into the Capitol last week, I see a whole bunch of Trump supporters and I see a handful of fr- people on the fringe, people that are, that just don't look like Trump supporters that are inciting all the violence. They're 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 
they're trying to get Trump supporters to get riled up and do things. And you hear hear things like say, burn this down. And you hear this uh, and you hear people saying, use your Kevlar to knock out the windows. Well, for those of you who don't know what Kevlar is, that's the material they use for, for bulletproof vests and helmets and all that stuff. And you know what? The average citizen, use your Kevlar. I don't carry Kevlar. I carry a gun, but I don't carry, I don't carry Kevlar. But you know, these guys that are organized uh, uh, insurgents, they know what Kevlar is. Use your Kevlar to knock out the window. You see them trying to get into the uh, area where the goes into the, the House and the Senate, and you see the glass windows, and you can't see, you can't actually see through it because it's kind of a, um, a crystallized, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of what the word of it, but you know, it's it's different uh, bevels on the glass, and you can't really see see it from where the camera is. But they're saying they're getting away, they're leaving. And so they, they're looking through that thing down the hall and they see all the Congress people leaving. And they and they're saying, "Hey, use your Kevlar to break it." There's two Capitol Police on the other side, and at some, with, with their guns pointed. And at some point, the glass breaks, and the cop shoots shoots that Ashley girl from San Diego. And you watch her; she's she's bleeding, she's bleeding out, she's dying right here in front of us. And the people are saying, "Hey, get away so we can help her." And I want to know, hey, if this thing was all organized. Who's responsible for those for those dead dead people? Who's responsible for those? This wasn't Trump supporters doing this. These people were in there to to rile this thing up. Let's go on to the next thing that happened this week: the impeachment. President Trump was impeached by the House of Representatives once again this week, second time in thirteen months. This makes him the only president to be impeached twice. Artic- the article reprimands the president for incitement of insurrection which is the exact opposite of what we've just been talking about, referring to the violence on January 6th. The final vote for vote count was 232 to 197, with four members not voting on the floor. There were 10 Republicans that voted to, to impeach uh, the president, which most of these names you won't know, except for Liz Cheney of Wyoming, who happens to be Dick Cheney, former vice president, former secretary of defense, uh, Dick Cheney's daughter. Aren't we proud? Uh, she voted to impeach the president. Tom Rice of South Carolina, Dan Newhouse of Washington, Adam Kinzinger of Illinois, Anthony Gonzalez of Ohio, Fred Upton of Michigan, Jaime Herrera Butler of Washington, Peter Mayer of Michigan, John Katko of New York, and David Valadeo, California's 21st district, which is Fresno, Kern County, San Joaquin Valley. In my eyes, that means their careers are over. The good news is that members of the House of Representatives have to get reelected every two years. So we'll only have two years before everybody votes them out. The bad news is our votes really don't count, do they? The other, the other bad news is that uh, senators and, and uh, House members don't have any term limits. You see something wrong here? Do you think maybe we could change something in the next two years? Democrats have control of everything. I have my doubts. Here's Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, pleading with the members to vote for impeachment. With a plea to all of you, Democrats and Republicans, I ask you to search your souls and answer these questions. Is the president's war on democracy in keeping with the Constitution? 
Were his words an insurrectionary mob, a high crime and misdemeanor? The president must be impeached, and I believe the president must be convicted by the Senate, a constitutional remedy that will ensure that the republic will be safe from this man who was so resolutely determined to tear down the things that we hold dear and that hold us together. Nancy Pelosi, the woman that has no soul, tells tells Democrats and Republicans to search your soul. Well, how would you know anything about a soul? You don't have one. You're the Antichrist. Normally, this would go. This would now go to the Senate. But Mitch McConnell, who's also a weak suck, uh, said Wednesday he will not convene an emergency session to hold the trial. It will end up taking place after Trump has left office. So what's the point? Democrats keep saying the point is to prevent him from ever running again. Why are you worried about at some point we don't have COVID and when the voters actually come out, uh, Trump is a, is in da- is endangering that he's going to win? But constitutional law professor Alan Dershowitz says that's not how it works. Here he is with Sean Spicer on Newsmax. Well, it's unconstitutional to impeach a president when you can't put him on trial while he's still the president. The jurisdiction of Congress to try a president or anybody else is limited to somebody who is sitting in office. It says the president and vice president shall be removed from office on impeachment. So if he's already out of office, he cannot be tried. You can't impeach him just in order to try to stop him from running. If they could, they could impeach you, Sean. They can impeach you. Both of us, we could run for president in 2024. I don't know about you, but I'm over 35 and uh, born in this country. And could they hold me in front of the Senate and say, we're impeaching you solely to make sure you don't run in 2024? It's an absurd, ridiculous, unconstitutional argument. Yeah, most Republicans aren't saying whether they'll vote for impeachment. But another smart person, Newt Gingrich, uh, says Biden should meet with the Senate Republicans to put impeachment behind them and talk about how to work together for the benefit of our country. The smartest thing President-elect Biden could do would be to calmly put out a note saying that he disapproves of pursuing personal vendettas and then invite the Senate Republicans, all of them, uh, to come to a meeting before the inaugural to sit down and listen to them and make and indicate to the country at large that he actually wants to govern with both Democrats and Republicans. That would give him a better launch for his inauguration than anything he could do. Yeah, well, I think uh, Newt is uh, is a dreamer on this one. Newt was uh, Speaker of the House when Clinton was in there. Clinton, who actually got elected, Clinton, who actually had a uh, logically thinking brain, and he was able to uh, to convince Clinton that, hey, you're a Democrat, I'm a I'm a Republican, let's work together and actually get some things done. Uh, but that's not today. That's not today. We don't care about laws. We don't care about Constitution. We don't care about anything, or the Democrats don't. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. And, you know, I think about one other clip from, uh, from the movie Other People's Money. We are a nation of laws, Marsha. Ultimately, those laws come down to technicalities. Without those technicalities, what do we have? Anarchy. Exactly what we're dealing with right now. We don't care about the technicalities. We don't care about the laws. We don't care about precedent. We don't care about history. We don't care about anything. Let's just make sure we have control. No matter what we have to do to do it. We, you know, the Democrats sold their souls to the devil 
to make this happen. And the Democrats that voted for Biden and don't see that don't pay attention. You guys are in the same you guys are in the same ballpark. And whether or not Biden works with Republicans, here are the actual criminals we won't hear about anymore with him once he becomes president. Former FBI director James Comey, deep state minions Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, Hillary Clinton, although if we never have to talk about her again, that's probably a good thing. Uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. Joe Biden's brother, Jim Biden. Remember, Hunter and Jim are criminals along with Joe because they were willing to sell out our national security to to the Chinese. You know that country that steals all our secrets and gave us COVID? Remember them? The ones that, uh, that Biden says, hey, man, they're not bad people. They're not, a, they're not a match for us. Yeah, watch it. They just they sent a little virus over here and took our whole country down, took the whole world down. They kept, their, they kept it contained to their one little city of Wuhan, but they sent people on international flights to countries all over the world. They're no match for us. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. These are not our friends, but Joe Biden likes them because he has dealings going on that they funnel money from our country to their country and back into his family's pockets. But we're not going to ask about that. We impeached the president. We, they impeached the president. I'm not going to put myself in there. They impeached the president uh, the first time based on a conversation where all Trump did was ask, ask about that crime that Biden admits to have, to have done on video. Now we just rewarded, we impeached the president, we impeached Trump. And, we, and we're giving Biden the White House. Do you see anything wrong here, folks? Someone else who did, uh, who did that was uh, Congressman Eric Swalwell, fresh off of his Chinese honeypot scandal and rewarded by Pelosi this week with the job of impeachment manager. Here he is before the vote on Wednesday. On January 6th, Donald Trump incited thousands of radicalized terrorists to attack the Capitol to stop a transition of power. Let that sink in. Our president incited our citizens to attack our Capitol. America was not attacked in the past sense. This president has inspired future plots. America is still under attack, and that's why Donald Trump must be impeached. I've read many of my GOP colleagues know what the president did was wrong, but are afraid for their lives if they cross the president. I'm sorry that you're living in fear, but now is a time to summon your courage to guide you. Well, here's a couple of things to think about. So Eric Swalwell has an, has an affair, some kind of a, a relationship with a Chinese operative, and then puts another Chinese intern, at, intern in his office as a congressman. We and what do we do for that? They call him on it. He won't talk. He won't say anything to the cameras. He won't answer any questions. And we reward him with being the head of the of the impeachment. That's so great. Here's another thing I thought of that I probably should have brought up earlier. If we're going to if we impeach President Trump for what happened in Washington, D.C., which we shouldn't. What happened with where was President Obama on uh, 9-11, 2012? When Benghazi was going on, four people died there. They were calling out for help. The White House knew about it 11 minutes after it started, and the Americans never showed up. Oh, I know. We don't ever hold, hold anybody accountable when they're Democrats. Let me close this show with someone who sees the big picture and what's really at work here. Also speaking on Wednesday before the impeachment vote, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. 
19 minutes, four years ago on Inauguration Day, January 20th, 2017, 19 minutes into President Trump's administration, at 12.19 p.m., the Washington Post headline was, Campaign to Impeach President Trump Has Begun. And now, with just one week, uh, week left, they're still trying. In seven days, there will be a peaceful transfer of power, just like there has been every other time in our country. But Democrats are going to impeach President Trump again. This doesn't unite the country. There's no way this helps the nation deal with the tragic and terrible events of last week that we all condemn. And Republicans have been consistent. We've condemned all the violence all the time. We condemned it last summer. We condemned it last week. We should be focused on bringing the nation together. Instead, Democrats are going to impeach the president for a second time, one week, one week before he leaves office. Why? Politics and the fact that they want to they want to cancel the president. The president who cut taxes, the president who reduced regulations, the president prior to COVID had the greatest economy, lowest unemployment in 50 years, the president who got us out of the Iran deal, put the embassy in Jerusalem, brought hostages home from North Korea, put three great justices on the Supreme Court, gave us a new NAFTA agreement, the Abraham Accords, the COVID vaccine, and who built the wall. It's about politics. Do you have a functioning First Amendment when the cancel culture only allows one side to talk? When you can't even have a debate in this country, this great country, the greatest country ever, it needs to stop because if it continues, if it continues, it won't just be Republicans who get canceled. It won't just be the president of the United States. The cancel culture will come for us all. This is our last weekend with uh, President Trump in the White House. Let's all pray for something uh, that he has already planned that's going to turn circumstances around and save our country from what we're about to get in. And if that's not uh, God's plan, let's hope that God has a plan to save this country uh, for, for our kids and our grandkids and for ourselves while we're still here. God bless America, folks. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I will be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, Branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity.